I'm Anastasia, and this is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Here we have intimate and insightful conversations about everything that makes life more vibrant. The energy, the power, the adventure to look at life with a fresh perspective, while giving you the support to develop a method and strategy to live life to its fullest. This is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Welcome, everyone. Today, you will meet a passionate workforce equity advocate, entrepreneur, business leader, MC, boss babe, and mother of two beautiful kids. She's the CEO of the Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce and the founder and CEO of Youth United University, an anti-racist education program for kids grades six to eight. Please welcome Simone Ross. Hi, how are you? I am doing great, and I'm so excited to have such a vibrant woman, such a vibrant business leader here with me today. Well, you are the light. So I am just honored that you even asked me, because I think from the moment I saw you, I was like, who is this bright, vivacious, beautiful light? I think at the time I met you, my son was two. Yep. Maybe, and I, I don't even know if he was two, and he fell in love with you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she's the bomb. So it's good to see you. It's good to hear. Let's shine our light. Let's bring some joy and hope and hopefully some high vibes to this world. Yes. So my very first question, can you tell me about what living a vibrant life means to you? Oh, that's a big question. And I think that the answer probably evolves. I'll say for me in the space that I am in now, living a vibrant life is saying yes to the universe and like eliminating excuses. And so if an opportunity comes my way and I'm kind of like led or called to do that opportunity or take advantage of it, it's like, to me, that's like, that's vibrant, you know, being in a space of, of continual gratitude and making sure I'm like, thank you to my organs every single day because they work, they have not failed. It's really being present with like the people that you love and matter, they matter most to you. It's all about that. So funny, my daughter told me last night, she goes, when you're done with your bucket list, can I have it? That was a cool moment because it's cool that my kids see me saying yes to the universe and just kind of saying, and, and just, doing the things and being unapologetic and audacious. I think that's what it is. I definitely think so. And here's the question, Simone. In your position, you have so many opportunities coming your way every single day, all day long. So how do you say yes to the right opportunities? And how do you say no? I, I'm need to do better about that, right? I need to get a better filter and I'm kind of asking the universe to help me develop my filter. And I come again from that space of gratitude because I remember when the opportunities weren't coming, right? And it ebbs and it flows. Like you have this seasonality where you might feel like you're in a rut or your phone isn't ringing as much. And so I think it's really understanding that seasonality to give you energy to say yes. But I think too, it's also getting really intimate with your personal value statement so that your nose can be really rooted in, in impact and mission and values so that it makes sense. You know, for me, honestly, maybe to, to my detriment, I'm not saying no to too much because I feel 
that I'm firm in the in intentions that I've set for myself this season. And so I'm kind of taking the opportunities like it's just a manifestation of what I've asked the universe to give me. And so I am a big visualization and manifestation person. I'm like, okay, if I say it and if I do my affirmations and set the intention for the manifestation, the opportunity literally comes. And so I'm saying yes to that because I believe, and maybe like in five years, I'll be like, ooh, girl, why didn't you say no to that one? But I believe that what is coming to me, I've asked for. So I'm saying yes to a lot because I also know that there's an expiration date that I'm going to have that time where no one's calling me. And so I'm, I'm answering the calls, honestly. I see. So first of all, it starts with clarity, like what you want, what your intentions are, visualization, the mindset of gratitude and abundance and this resilience. Can you talk about what do you do on a daily basis to strengthen that muscle of being a resilient leader? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the biggest thing is taking a few hits to help build perspective. And I mean, I've taken a lot of hits. My story is not a glamorous Cinderella story. You know, I've sacrificed my body on a few plays through my leadership journey. And so I think those hits have certainly strengthened the muscle. Were some of them necessary? Probably not. Like society needs to do better. They need to treat women better. They need to treat women of color better. But those things have definitely added to my grit um, and resilience because I know that I can handle anything from being at my lowest. It's really putting things into perspective, right? Where it's like, okay, I feel like we create so much drama internally that is not necessary. So it's saying, okay, this is the thing here. Now let's break it down. Does it really need to be this hair on fire? And 95% of the time, it isn't like it's literally like, OK, I've taken the emotion from the decision or the emotion out of what I'm faced with and I can put together strategic and tactical planning to get through it. And I, I really developed that through, like I said, taking a lot of hits, doing a lot of self work, understanding like, OK, like who's your shadow self? Like so when your back is against the wall, when you're upset, when you're frustrated, when you're tired, who comes out? And it's usually somebody that sucks. <laughs> like, it's like, that person is terrible, right? Like, I know my stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you hurt my feelings, because I don't invest, I don't easily invest emotionally. So if you do something that hurts my feelings, I want to go for blood. And so it's saying, okay, you know this very intimately about yourself. So what can you do in your sphere of influence to be a better person and show up differently, right? It's like, okay, then you need to ask the universe for discernment so that you can know where to emotionally invest, right? You need to kind of ask yourself key questions if something happens where you feel betrayed or not supported so that that shadow person doesn't come out and so that you have control over that. And so it's just kind of knowing yourself and doing that work. Leaders don't do that. They just think that they have a title and it's fine. And that's it's not the case. Well, that's the difference, right? That's the difference between leaders by title and leaders by calling and being that servant leader and understanding that you earn the respect and trust of your colleagues, of your team, of your stakeholders yeah. every day, every day. When did you start doing this serious day-to-day -day work on your mindset? 
it wasn't my choice. It was my circumstance. <laughs> Shout out to the people that do this stuff by choice. Also, I have a lot of love for the people that are thrust into a situation where you have to work on yourself. So I decided to exit my marriage in 2018. And that decision came honestly from a lot of therapy. I thought I was the problem. I thought that I was a horrible person. I thought that I was a bad wife. I thought I was incompetent professionally. I took all of this ownership. I thought physiologically there were things wrong with me. And two, I'd experienced just a time, I mean, I had a, the most psychologically abusive boss who, she dehumanized me at every phase of the relationship. And I was also getting that at home. And so I took that on and I said, well, you're the problem. And so I would be driving to work and having a pullover because I'm having like panic attacks, like crying, can't breathe, almost needing to call an ambulance on the highway. I would be in my garage sitting in there for an hour because I couldn't get out of my car. And I thought it was me. And so I went to this therapist and she was like, what? You just need to make changes and like not carry the weight of being like, you can't do anything, right? Professionally, you're this horrible person. You're dumb, you know, at home, like really the only thing that you're there to do is to serve and you have no one to serve you. You have no outlet, like you can't cry. You have nobody to talk to. Like, and so literally my very body felt like a vehicle for exploitation in every area of my life. And I was just like, I can't continue to feel like this anymore. And so she was like, Simone, there's nothing wrong with you. You have to make choices and you have to let go of excuses. And so I'm like, okay, well, what are the excuses? Like, who do you want to be professionally? What do you want to do? And so I'm like, honestly, you want to be a consultant. You want to run your own business. As I was going through my divorce, my job actually got eliminated simultaneously. I was horrified. I was going to be the single mother of two, no income, didn't know what I was going to do. And that was taken from me. I mean, and it was that kind of back and forth where I'm like, God hates me too. So it could have been that, or it could have been, okay, or maybe God is removing the excuse. And so I sat in that God hates me. I believed that. And then I was like, no, I have to do work to affirm myself differently. So that's actually when I started an affirmation practice of the universe flows to you and through you. The universe wants abundance for you. And so it was just like that shift because you could get stuck in that, right? Because it felt very much like God hates me. Or is it that he wants me to live in a space of abundance and he has removed the excuse that was limiting me mentally, that was limiting me financially, and that was keeping me in this safe place. So that was removed and I had to choose. Again, you know, I was in a high profile marriage I chose to exit that marriage because it was breaking me and it was killing me to be a vehicle for exploitation, whether it was being arm candy, whether it was executing tasks and handling the majority of the work, whether it was I'm saying things that I need to be okay because I'm not 
and literally you're railroading me or like my ex-husband would go to sleep. I would listen to everything and he'd say, and I'd say, well, okay, it's now my turn to talk. I would look over and he would be snoring. It was like, okay, take that out. Or, you know, it would just be little things where like things would happen passive aggressively just to kind of like chop me down to size. I'd win 40 under 40. He'd reveal something really hurtful. I'd get a job um, that I was really excited for my first day of work. He'd reveal something really hurtful just to let me know, like, you aren't anything. And so it was like, well, remove that. Remove having somebody in your life that wants to compete with you. Take that out. And so I made that really hard choice. But again, it was awful, right? I exited my marriage. So lost that piece of my identity completely. My job was eliminated. I lost that piece of my identity and my safety. I lost my house. So I didn't have a place to go when I signed those divorce papers. I spent a lot of money. I didn't have any more money left. In 2018, it was, what do you do? Do I think God hates me? Yeah, a little bit, but I also wanna do deep self-discovery. I'm like, go to therapy. You gotta go to therapy because there's some traits about you that are trauma responses you probably are carrying some intergenerational trauma as well that's not yours and you have to figure out how you release that so go to therapy get really in tune with you so i developed my affirmation practice my gratitude practice my meditation practice setting intentions and it was literally like i have to do this to survive because if i don't do this i'm not gonna live i actually seriously contemplated suicide um, and the only reason I didn't do it was just because my daughter came in and she said she was about three or four. She walked in and she said, um, mommy, I need you right now. And I snapped out of it. And it's like those things, right? When you're in that darkness, you have to choose something to live a vibrant life, right? You have to choose something. And I'm not negating the severity of mental health and how we have to pay attention to that. And a part of my gratitude practice is that moment when I was able to snap out of it. Because again, when you think that you are the darkness, it's like, I just don't need to be here. Because there's no hope if you think that you are the darkness. There's no hope. Yeah, you're like, I am doing this. I am the shadow. And so I am so thankful that for whatever reason, I was able to overcome not believing that I was the darkness and saying, you do have life, you do have light, you have to work on yourself, you have to make these choices because you are not the darkness. And so I don't believe that any of us are the darkness and it is intensive work every single minute of every single day and it's getting the support you need to be able to effectively do that work. Affirmations are so powerful. I think that very often we think affirmations, it's like, what do you do? I am great, I am strong. And it is amazing, right? Like the power of affirmations. I just recently discovered this app. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Think Up. When you can record your affirmations in your own voice. Well, that's cool. It's so cool because there's a science behind it that you, if you listen to your own voice, like it's very powerful, like subconsciously. So really, really great tool. And it kind of like mixes it up with music and it's so beautiful and you can change the music. You can have different categories of affirmations. It's check it out. It's great. 
and maybe not running away from pain and understanding that pain, maybe it's an obstacle, not blaming yourself, but maybe seeing it from a completely different side. That's why we need that trusted advisor who can help us guide through these very challenging times. And I often feel that people like yourself who are so vibrant, they don't have that space to go to their community and ask for help. Sometimes it's more difficult to do that. It's hard and everybody interprets something like divorce. It's kind of demonized too. And I would never say let's normalize divorce, but we've got to normalize not judging the parties involved because it's it's a personal decision. It's something people don't do it as willy-nilly as as headlines and things make you see. It's it's painful. It hurts. It's messy. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And I mean, too, I, I carry a lot of guilt, even with my divorce, and I always will. Um, but I'm kind of one of those people where I'm like, I got to do like a cost benefit analysis, right? I was the person that said, I'm leaving. I was the person that said, I'm breaking this family unit apart. That's my decision. And I'll have to carry that with me. And it's not a decision I feel good about. What I feel good about is the person I've been able to grow into following the divorce. What I feel really good about is the conscious investment I've been able to make into being the best mom, community member, business leader, because it was imperative that I make that decision. And I'll probably always feel guilty about that. And that's okay, right? I took something, I made, I catalyzed a big shift, a big change. I still glamorize what could be. And I mourn what wasn't, I mourn what could have been, but I'm also very much at peace and happy with what I'm created. And I feel positive that I had to do that to become me. Yes. And what would you prefer? Like being perfectly unhappy or being imperfectly happy? And I think for your kids, for Zoe, for your little girl, like understanding that mommy deserves to be happy and she's chasing her dreams all her life. And she, if she's happy and vibrant and she is shining her light on this world, then at the end, that was absolutely the right decision. And I think there is such a stigma that, oh, if you're going to go divorce, like your kids will never grow up as happy as they could be. What your kids care about is the respect. If your kids care about is seeing your parents fulfilled. Yeah. We have this broken ideology around relationships. And so I want my kids to see both of us being loved and appreciated the way that we deserve. In my next relationship, I want my daughter to say, okay, I am watching somebody love my mom in a way that speaks to her. I want my son to say, okay, I'm seeing my mom being treated in a way that speaks to her and vice versa. You know, if I wasn't happy in my marriage, my ex-husband couldn't have been a hundred percent happy with me, but I want my son to be like, okay, my father is being nurtured and loved in the way that's best for him and interrogate that. Right? Yes. And being a role model as a parent, it's complicated. It's not that it's just like this one standard box and everybody has to fit into it. This is a role model parent. There's so many different models and we choose our path and we work so hard to be the best that we can be. And looking at where you were in 2018 and where you are now, four years from 2018, 
and you just did the vibrancy life scan and it's amazing like looking at all the categories this is the tool that i developed and it's a, such a nice way to do a quick assessment where you are in your life and you have a very well rounded balanced life but is there anything that stood out to you during the process first of all i love this tool that you created i we're gonna have to maybe like talk about it more because it's really really cool thank you there were a couple of things i need to look at my scores there were a couple areas just as far as like time management procrastination and things like that where i was like ooh, itch. but you know too i actually when i was completing it i was feeling kind of a great sense of pride around a couple of areas where it's like you're traveling i mean i've been to three countries this year and it was because the universe brought that into my life because i said i want to live a fluid life where i'm able to contribute and go and be in new places and that was a part of my manifestation and it's crazy to watch that actually happen and so i took that and i was like oh my gosh like the power of manifestation is real and even um like professional there's an area about professional satisfaction and i'm like I said, I want to create work opportunities where I don't have to cower and assimilate. I can be a brilliant black woman, all of that. And I don't have to be like, oh, you let us piece of yourself go. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was able to authentically answer that question. And just having a sense of belonging and purpose and work for some people that's you know they're like i'm happy not having that for me that is like killing me if i can't feel that i'm not living and so it was kind of cool to be like wait simone you manifested that and i think it's important for people to know like it's not easy being able to like when i was going through that i'm like it has not been easy it took work it took work it took a lot of crying. It took a lot of painful, like self-realization about this is who you are. This is how you are. And you've got to change that. It took a lot of risks, big risks. I mean, I started three companies. I have two kids, um, really taking that risk on and being smart about that. But it was so cool to be like, oh my gosh, you are finally professionally fulfilled. Whoa. What a change. Yeah, because a lot of those things I would have been like, nope, not loving it. And, you know, like I said, there's seasonality, right? This is a season and I'm in this space. And I hold a great amount of gratitude for this season because I know that there's going to be another season. And the thing that's going to get me through that season is reflecting on where I am today. I'm living it to the fullest and I'm working on my manifestation because and showing an immense amount of gratitude because there's going to be another season where this is the only thing this moment is going to be the thing that gets me through that and then we're up again and it's just setting those expectations too but it was cool to look at those those scores because i know those wouldn't have been my scores in probably 2018 definitely not 2014 15 or 16 and it's good to know too like you don't do anything all by yourself right like so i holding a, a lot of gratitude for my tribe and just for God and my family, but also just saying, you know what, you dug in to make it happen. You know, I think it's interesting to note too, I grew up in a household with a single mom. My mom did everything, right? Mowed the lawn, took out the trash, 
did car maintenance, like the stereotypical guy things. And so I come to the table with any relationship being very independent, very capable. There is not anything that I can't do, right? Like I can manage a household. I am an amazing, an amazing cook. I can cook a four course meal. I know how to do every single thing. I can buy my own house, buy my own car. I can do the maintenance on it. I can manicure my lawn. I can hunt. I remember honestly, in my first year of marriage, my ex-husband was like, well, what do you need me for? And I said, I don't know. And I think that you have to figure that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. And I think you got to figure that out. Like as we do this dance, right? Uh -huh. You figure it out because there are things I need you for. And I think you need to be a student of me to say, oh, this is where she needs me. I mean, yes, I believe you have to, closed mouths don't get fed. I feel like you have to say what you need. But I also think that your partner's job is to study you and be like, oh, this is it. And that was missing. My spouse had no clue at all how to show up. Even when I said it, he was just like, well, I don't wanna. That was a big thing. I guess that could be masculine energy, maybe. But I think too, like, I think I have a wild amount of feminine energy, right? I'm perfectly fine with being vulnerable. I love building relationships. I love working collaboratively. I'm highly intuitive. Um, and I like tapping into that intuition. One of the things that's made me professionally successful is I actually come to the table at work, I think with a lot of feminine energy. And I think that that's helped my success because I have that balance. I think in relationships and dating, yeah, that's hard. I think that that's really hard in just kind of balancing that out. And so I just pray for me. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know what's going to happen there. It's going to take a special, a very, very special person because yeah, I'm like, you know, I don't really need your money. I would like you to do the masculine house stuff, but I do that myself. So if you want to take over, go for it. That's, that's a hot mess. That's a, that's a whole hot mess. <laughs> like you'll have some affirmations and visual, visualizations around that. And I think it's so important just that awareness that you need your partner to be in tune and to really study you as his partner, as a woman, as a mother, and anticipate and learn about your needs. And maybe even surprise you that they anticipate your needs, but you didn't even know that you needed that. Like, what a yeah. surprise. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, I'll, and I'm all about reciprocity. So I'll match the energy. But I think my ideal person, they can't have an overinflated ego. They have to be very present in what is going on they have to have done their work too. Like they have to have done their spiritual work, their mental health work. They have to have done that as well. There's so many, I don't know, this overinflated male ego thing. It's a, it's terrible. It's a problem. So, it's a it's problem. It's a huge problem. Like you gotta be okay with just chilling the heck out. Like, it's just like, okay, you gotta stop this. And you know, it's interesting because I am all about for women, like we need to brag more about all the good work that we're doing in the world, like all the our little victories, small victories, our lessons, like we need to brag because that doesn't come necessarily naturally to us, right? We always feel like, well, it's not about me. But yeah, so we kind of need to shift that energy in the world and the world would be a better place. I think everybody has to do their work, right? Like I wish more black men would go to therapy 
I wish they would get more in tune spiritually, you know, slay some of those dragons. We all have them. But in my community, especially communities of color, I know we don't do that enough. And it often shows up as misguided bravado. And for me, nope, nope, nope. I don't want your bravado. I don't care about your title. I don't want your bravado. I want you to be a whole person. And that is, is concerning and it's lacking. And I, I pray that there's a shift that happens there. I'm like, I, I could care less. And the more bravado, the scary you are, because it means you have no capability of being a partner. Yeah. And you're looking for soulful connection, you know, somebody who is just so aware of who he is and how he shows up in the world and also his vision, like what is does he want for himself, for his family and for the world. And Simone, I can talk to you for hours because there's so much good, deep stuff. And I'm sure that people, our listeners, so first of all, if you may, I'll definitely consider going to therapy. Don't wait till some major disaster happens. Just go, go to therapy. Go, go, go. Go. As soon as we're done with this, go to therapy. Just go. Yes, absolutely. And if people want to connect with you and learn more about everything that you do, where they can find you? I'm better on Instagram. I don't know why it's just easier, but I'm just at Simone D. Ross. My website is simone-ross.com. I am the CEO of the Colorado Women's Chamber. And so at this, my number is everywhere. If anybody's like, I got Simone's number, that's not special because it's everywhere. It's, I don't know, it's way too accessible or something. But yeah, I, we can always connect on, on Instagram or life is beautiful. And I feel like too, you manifest amazing, beautiful people into your life. Like you, I've known you for a decade. Crazy. <laughs> We've been coexisting together for a decade, girlfriend. Absolutely. And there was so much great stuff in this podcast. Uh, I'm going to have some additional resources and some information about this episode on vibrantlifeunlocked.com. So check it out. And with that, Simone, thank you so much for being here. It's been an amazing journey to be with you today. I love you. Congratulations on being so damn vibrant. You're a vibrant thing. We got to listen to Q-Tip now. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Simone. Thank you for listening to Vibrant Life Unlocked. Submit your questions and explore free resources at vibrantlifeunlocked.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and review it on your favorite podcast platform as well as connect on social at Vibrant Life Unlocked. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.